Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Hey, girl. How are you? Fantastic. Yeah? What makes you fantastic? Well, it's a pretty day. And I taught a yoga sculpt class today, and I love it when I get to lift weights. It's always fun. And I was on my little Bellicon, just bouncing my little happy butt off for a little while. So just feeling pretty energized. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? Our day is not necessarily beautiful. It's kind of gray. We had a little snowfall, but... I'm good. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty overwhelmed maybe by all the things, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to do all the things so that I don't lose my head and I've got my lists and I'm doing what I can to stay grounded and I'm, you know, trying to take very good care of myself. <gasps> oh, so that like leads right into what we're talking about. Are you going to practice a a little little bit? Are you going to practice a little avianga? I do every day as a start to my normal routine. But yes, it do feel like it makes a big difference. And, you know, we talk about the importance of self-care a lot. And we talk about Ayurveda a lot and how healthful practices have made a difference in yours and my lives and how we like to share that with others because we want them to feel as good in their body as we're feeling in our body. So as, you know, times like this come up where you have stressors and I have a few stressors going on in my life that you can apply all these tools to at least keep yourself feeling better so that as these things come at you, you can do like the little, you know, bionic woman and be like, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> you're like, you can't get me. I did my abhyanga today. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Well, and for those of you that don't know what Abhyanga is, it is self-massage. And you know, one thing that I noticed, and I'm sure you noticed it too, but you know, during the pandemic, now we can say that was years ago, but during the pandemic, people all of a sudden had more time to take care of themselves. And so I think that people started talking more about uh, self-care during that time. And I I know that as a, you know, in our yoga classes, we have been having people do more self-massage because we're not hands-on touching people as much still as we were. And so it's a great way to take some time and slow down and disconnect, get off your social media, get off your, so except for your podcast, you need to keep the podcast on while, especially if it's us, while you're doing your self-massage. 1000%. Well, maybe not while you're doing the massage, like we'll let you have time off. And yeah, we probably should also clarify what we're referring to when we're referring to Abhyanga self-massage, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like, okay, what are we talking about? Oh, I didn't even go there. (laughs) (laughs) 
But here's the thing is there's a lot of body systems in each of us that function better when they're flowing better. And that's the whole object of doing Abhyanga is to help our systems flowing better. Now, Ayurvedically speaking, there are ways to doing this. So I refer to it as part of your wake-up routine? Is it part of your dinacharya, your daily routine? Or is it part of an energetic routine that you've created, whether it be reflexology or Eden energy medicine? So those are kind of like my three focal points when it comes to Abhyanga. When I say your wake-up routine, what I'm referring to in the wake-up routine is the reference to focusing on when I wake up, how's my body? So in Ayurveda, they talk about either working head to toe or toe to head. For me, I go head to toe. So when I wake up, the first thing I tend to do is seam like up the middle of the forehead and then down the hairline. So a lot of times you can do it as crown pulling. And when your hair is messy, when you wake up, you don't really care if you're massaging your scalp. It feels really lovely. But I then take from my forehead down towards my ears hit the temples. Once I've hit the temples, then I can massage around the ears and down the lymphatic line, working sort of the drainage at the ears, and then working through whether you're working the kidney points at the chest or the spleen points at the side. But then I make my way to my abdominal massage where I'm working just gentle pressure, massaging. How do I feel? Do I feel sticky? Do I feel like, oh, yeah, I probably should be finding a way to empty my colon a little bit. I'm stuck. And that's a big piece of wellness in Ayurveda is how well is your colon functioning? We don't want food, remember, to stay in us for more than 24 hours. It begins to ferment and create disease. It's like, oh, if you leave cheese in the refrigerator for too long, it gets moldy. Well, if you leave, you know, food byproducts in your colon for too long, it will too also create disease in your colon. And so that's kind of that discussion of, well, how can I moderate? How can I detect? How can I check? And most of us know anytime we are a little stuck or plugged up, we can feel it. Like we're like, wow, I feel like I got a football in my lower abdomen, right? So that's part of that massage. You can make your way through the nodes at the groin and down the outside of the legs. You know, we like to work that gallbladder line down the outside of the legs. And so those are all pieces to that massage. It takes about three, four minutes. And most of the time, you're probably going to hit a snooze button and snooze for eight minutes. So you can use up to eight minutes. Don't hit the snooze and instead, you know, detect how your body's doing. It's also a super great start to the day because here's a good time to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to set some intentions for myself. I don't feel super great through my head. So I'm going to try and remain grounded today, stay low to the ground, take care of myself so that I don't feel so all in my head. Or maybe it's in your chest and as you're working your kidney lines, you're like, man, I don't feel super great. I need to chug water today more than I chugged yesterday. Or, you know, it's doing this great self-assessment 
to determine, are you actually even taking care of yourself? You might have great intentions, but are you actually fueling your body the way your body would like to be fueled? Or are you fueling your body the way you want to fuel your body, right? Now, do you use oil? So Um, not in my morning, not in my morning uh, wake up assessment because I'm in bed, mm -hmm. right? And this is just me assessing my body. In my Dinacharya, my daily routine, then yes, I use both oil and dry rubbing, mm-hmm. right? Dry bathing or dry rubbing. I have a cool brush. I use a brush yep. and I use my brush and I do my dry rubbing. It's actually wet rubbing because I do my dry brush in the shower. But I get in the shower, I rinse off and I take my oil and I pour it on my dry brush and I just go ham at my skin with my oiled up brush and then I get into the water and I rinse it off and then start my shower routine. But it's kind of cold in Minnesota just be hanging out naked dry brushing. <laughs> so I do it in the shower where it's warmer. <laughs> and see, I just hang out naked in the bathroom there dry you brushing. Yeah, you totally yeah. can. Yeah, yeah I do. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the things that does help with circulation and it helps improve your sleep helps your vision. It can increase your longevity. It makes you feel good. And mentally, it's fabulous to know that you're doing something great for yourself. It helps relieve stress. And so that's a big one. I don't know anyone that, you know, we talk about stress a lot too, but we all need ways to decrease the stress in our lives, even good stress. Yeah, totally. There's a lot to be said for taking the time to be doing self-massage too. The third one that I had alluded to was taking time to do self-massage in the form of reflexology and or like Eden Energy Medicine, where you're working specific things, especially if you're working with somebody and they're you are working with somebody energetically, a Reiki practitioner, uh, an energy medicine practitioner, you know, whoever that is. And they're repeatedly talking to you about how your gallbladder, I refer to gallbladder, my gallbladder line is off. I know that. And so I work my gallbladder line a lot and I work my gallbladder in my hands, right? Like I do massage on it. I work the gallbladder down the actual meridian line itself. And these are things that you're like, I don't know these things. And how are you going to remember all those things and stuff? This is where working with another person can help you, right? Getting to know those lines and doing doing the work. But as we talk about each of those things, there is a lot of intelligence to how self-massage actually works. Like, why does it work? And I alluded to the fact that, you know, we have all these systems in our body. And as long as those systems are flowing well, then our body is going to be working well, too. Ayurvedically speaking, if our meridians are not functioning well, something is either sticking or stuck, whether it's actually like you have such tight muscles that you're bound up and so the meridian can't work, or whether it's more internal, it's an emotional blockage, like we can be working these meridians to help that flow. And it's interesting because when a person finds one that they need to work on. They're going to find that maybe it feels better to flush it with the flow and maybe it feels better to flush it away from or against the flow because maybe it's overflowing as opposed to being sticky. So there's a lot of self-assessment that has to go into it, right? Do the work, Mm -hmm. check it out and see 
How does this feel for me? Likewise, you and I talk about dry brushing. There is a rhyme and a reason and an order to dry brushing. So when you're dry brushing, knowing the order also matters because it's also going to be working with the systems. So when a person is dry brushing, they should be dry brushing from their feet to their crown for the legs. So you should start feet up to knees, knees up to hips heading towards the trunk of the body. The same then with the arms is hands to elbows, elbows to shoulders as you're making your way towards the body, right? And then the neck and the face, the scalp. It is sometimes talked about there are certain times and seasons where avoiding the armpits is important and that's relative to whether or not you're helping the lymphatic or hindering the lymphatic. A lot of it too is, is does it have to be done with a dry brush? No. Does it have to be done with a brush at all? No. Does it have to be done with a tool of any kind? No. Can you do it with your hands? Yes. Could you do it with your fingernails? Yes. If you're being gentle about it. Can you do it with a gua sha stone? For sure. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do it with, right? So that part's cool. But it's mindful that when you're thinking about it, like I always think about the five-pointed star in yoga. And that's how I visualize dry bathing. Is that what you're doing is you're trying to take all that energy and bring it back to the heart. So you're coming from the hands towards the heart. You're coming from the feet towards the heart. You're trying to bring all that stuff to the heart center. And so all that stuff towards the center of the body. And then when you're at the heart or at the belly working in clockwise circles, that's cool. You can also do it in the form of infinity symbols. That's cool too. Yeah. You know, when it comes to using different oils, it's there's so many different oils you can choose, like sesame oil. I generally use coconut oil uh, just because I have that and it's a good oil for pittas. For pittas. Um, Mm-hmm. And, you know, kaffas are really do well with almond oil or jojoba oil. But you can also just go to Banyan Botanicals and do their dosha quiz. And they have oils they recommend for the different doshas. And those are kind of nice because they have the oils and they pair them with different spices that help to balance your dosha. Yes. And there's a lot to be said for you can add essential oils to your oils. You can add spices to your oils. Um, people are like, wait, what? You put black <laughs> pepper in there? I would not because I'm a pitta. So pitta should <laughs> never put black pepper in their oil. But you can totally put black pepper in your oil if you're a kapha because mm-hmm. you would love to have that additional heat, right? That's mm-hmm. a great source of heat. No. Vatas should, Pitta should totally be putting little peppermint sprigs in their oil to keep it as cool as possible. But yes, Vatas, specifically sesame and almond, Kaffas, safflower, jojoba, almond, like you said, Pitta's sunflower oil or coconut oil. It is both relative to dosha, but it's also relative to season as well. We don't want to be using hot oils in the summer. We want to be using cool oils. We don't want to be using cold oils in the winter. We want to be using cool or warm oils. Yeah. Now, does that mean you have to go heat your oil? No, unless of course you want to. 
and it moisturizes your body. You know, our skin's the biggest organ in our body and we take it for granted all the time. Yeah, totally. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for the elasticity that's going to help too. And that's not just the elasticity of your skin, but it's the elasticity of your first line of defense because your skin, just like the little hairs in your nose are that first line of defense for the bacteria that's coming at you and being able to keep your skin elastic is both youthful and glowy. I mean, look at us cute little glowy ladies. (laughs) But, you know, it's also, you know, that first line of defense health-wise too. And if you were to get a nick or a cut or a burn or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing in your life as you're running around like crazy fools, like we all are, that if you do injure that beautiful organ, that as long as you've been well caring for it, it's probably going to heal much quicker too. And that's, that's a huge component to it. A lot of times we look and we're like, wow, how did I get that bruise? I didn't even know I bumped into anything. Like every day. Yeah. <laughs> and, or it's like, wow, where'd that scratch come from? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even feel that. Right. And I was looking at just the other day while, you know, John and I were out of town. I was like, do you see this line right here? And I'm like, where did that come from? Like, how did that happen? And John was the one that reminded me. And he's like, well, do you remember when, you know, the cat had scratched you? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And that left a line. And I'm like, what? What? And I'm like, I do all the things. How is that even possible? And I'm like, man, this 50-year-old skin sucks. (laughs) So massage and self-care. Something else you can just be mindful of. Um, I am really bad about moisturizing and practicing self-massage in the winter, the time when I need to do it the most because I'm cold. But if you are putting oil on your skin, if you know that your skin completely absorbs it, you know that your skin needed it and it needed that nourishment, that it was dry, it was parched, it needed it. You know, sometimes in the summer, it'll take me forever to massage oil in. I'm like pasty white. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, one of the things that as you bring that up, it was a trick that somebody had told me is a reminder when you go to get in the shower, like you have to grab your towel, right? Is your towel within reach of your shower? I mean, is it always hanging within reach of your shower? No. Or do you have to put it within reach? I have, reach to, of put your it I have yeah. to put it there. I have to put it there. So that's my point. So the trick that I had been told or taught was put your lotion in front of your towel. Mm. So you can't get to your towel without going past your lotion. So if you have to push past your lotion, then you know mm-hmm. you've done the wrong thing. Yeah. So very true. Do you have any books? Oh. Ayurveda books, of course. Um, <laughs> I know the Beginner's Guide to Ayurveda yeah. by Susan Bolin is a good book. Yeah. The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda is one of my favorites. And then the other one is the Everyday Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be able to pronounce that name, but Everyday Ayurveda is a great book too. There's a lot of them. They don't necessarily break down Abhyanga in great detail. I just took a whole class in my pharmacology in my Ayurveda class. The whole lecture was on Abhyanga and the importance of Abhyanga in terms of uh, if you're not doing Abhyanga, your uh, food intake, your body doesn't process it as well either. So Abhyanga of the gut 
is critical to healthy absorption of quality food. So I thought that was cool. I was like, what? I didn't even make that connection. <laughs> I, in my mind, Abhyanga was more about how to let food out of your gut, not even realizing the importance of by keeping everything fluid and moving well in the gut actually helps with absorption when you take food in that you're more likely to pull out all the things you need. And I was like, ah, that's cool. <laughs> I'd always thought of it the opposite way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What a great course though you're taking. You're still in the middle of it too, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I don't know, like one sixth the way at this point. Uh, we just started the next I don't want to say semester, but the next round of classes. So I am, uh, I'm done with my intro to Ayurveda and I'm done with the anatomy and physiology class, but mm -hmm. I've now started pharmacology. I am halfway through my philosophy class. So it's just this like round robin coming at me, mm -hmm. but the pharmacology class I'm loving, loving. Wow. I have well... done AMP a couple times before. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that was repetitive for me. Mm -hmm. um, still great reminders and, and hearing it from the Ayurvedic standpoint was very cool. And, you know, intro to Ayurveda, there was a lot of language in Sanskrit that I was unaware of. And so that took a lot to get, but the concepts of the basic intro to Ayurveda was a lot of stuff I felt like I had already known. So this pharmacology is coming at me new and hot and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> But it's cool. But very yeah. cool. You know, I mentioned Banyan Botanicals earlier, guys. If you have not been there, it's literally banyanbotanicals.com. Um, if you get on their website, you can take uh, your the free dosha test. They do ask you for your email address, but they don't send you any, you know, spam type emails or even sales emails. They just give you your results. But I went on their site and typed in self-massage under the question, and it pulled up all kinds of different bundles. And it also has a daily massage oil and then one for each, uh, each dosha. So check that out too, because they're, they're such a great company. Take care of that skin. Just love yourself. It's okay to touch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'm Kat Khan. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.